We all naturally possess the most remarkable tool for connecting to people and attaining social power, empathy. When cultivated and properly used, it can allow us to see into the moods and minds of others, giving us the power to anticipate people's reactions and gently lower their resistance. Robert Greene. Welcome to Flourish, where we explore how to nurture, coach, and inspire ourselves so that we can have a positive imprint on the next generation for success and to let their genius thrive. I'm your coach, Diane Planadin, and we are on a journey of self-awareness, self-improvement, and working on our own mindset. Sounds narcissistic, doesn't it? <laughs> Today we are discussing the law of narcissism from Robert Greene's book, The Law of Human Nature, which he discusses how to transform self-love into empathy. His book gives excellent examples throughout history, and it is a really big read. So I'm just going to give a, a little insight, my own mm, feedback on what that chapter is all about. We need a lot of attention, even before we're born. A mother needs to be aware of everything. Everything she does, everything she eats, everything she drinks, you name it. It will have an effect on the baby. As the baby develops, they absorb what the mother's doing. And it doesn't stop once we're born, does it? No, no, we rely on our parents to continue our care, both physically and emotionally. This bond is because we're social beings and get quite used to all the attention. As we age, the attention from our parents begins to wane and we look elsewhere for it. But there's only so much to go around. Hence the addictive draw of social media. People will do almost anything to get attention to the point of desperation. And then it has an opposite effect. Constant validation from others is not sustainable. Hence, you need to develop confidence in yourself, your self-esteem. Green tells us that we construct a self that we can hold on to in love between the ages of two and five years old. Wow. This is when you begin to be more independent, self-reliant, and it's also a time where you need encouragement and guidance from your parents to be strong, setting a strong foundation. And it's also a time where parents need to acknowledge unique qualities that you have. As a child, a parent needs to acknowledge your qualities and then build upon them, giving you strength. What he says here is true without even realizing it. This is what I practiced with my own child. It was apparent at an early age that he was developing quickly and laser sharp. Woo! At the age of two and a half, I decided I needed to enroll him in uh, a program. So I enrolled him in a, a Montessori program with preschool. And they said no, he was too young. <laughs> I'm like, what? What do you mean? He walks, he talks, he feeds himself, he's toilet trained. He's a bright young man. And they're like, 
you know, no, 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 he can't come until he's three. I could have reacted many ways in this situation. I really could have. But I felt very strongly that he needed more. He needed more interaction. So I decided to put myself in their shoes. And I informed myself, why? Why would they put that barrier up at that age versus his development age? Might be something different there. Well, it turns out that um, they did not have the capacity, the people, the staffing to have a younger child in their program should they need more attention. Maha, no problem. I provided them with the extra care so that he could begin school at two and a half and he could start building the foundation. And let me tell you, that was the best decision, calm, empathetic decision I've ever made because then he began his self-reliance journey when he was ready. And he was ready <laughs> because it wasn't about me. It was how we're going to find a win-win solution here is because if a, a parent is too self-absorbed, or if there's rules in place that restrict a child's development, children will just feel abandoned, won't they? It's like, well, wait a minute, who's going to help me now? And the opposite is also true. You can be over-involved, suffocating, suffocating a child to, <laughs> to a point where uh, they're not very social, are they? So set the foundation with a balance. You set the foundation with a balance in order to let your child develop a strong self-image. This self-image, Green says, operates as a thermostat, helping us regulate our doubt and insecurities. I like that. Then when we are no longer completely dependent on others for attention and recognition, you have a better flow for self-esteem. Set the foundation early. And if you don't have that foundation, begin again. Begin again. Because narcissism dates back to Greek mythology. There's the complete control narcissist. <laughs> don't think, think that needs any explaining. Then there's the theatrical narcissist. You know, drama, drama, drama. There's even couples throughout history. It's a fascinating read. They're so self-absorbed that, that the, it's, it's almost a miracle that they were attracted to one another. And then there's the fourth type, the healthy narcissist. I like that one. And that's the mood reader who's good at reading other people and then is able to lift their spirits. First, setting their own intention to reflect the proper mindset. Second, by paying attention to moods, by observing body language and tone. The tone of voice is really quite interesting, and I'll give you a good example about that later. And then the third is by just taking a gentle approach. It takes a bit longer, takes some patience, but it will over time seek in deeper. You want it to sink in, really resonate. There's no need to scold. No need to scold. Find an indirect way 
to elevate the mood, understand the feelings. I really like that. So how do we train ourselves to do this? I mean, if we're, we didn't have that foundation when we were young, Green speaks of three skill sets you can practice to build your empathetic muscle. I like that it's a muscle. The first is to work on your attitude. I mean, you have to make up your mind to do this, don't you? Last week I discussed the emotional roller coaster we call life and the importance of working on your rationality. Now that you understand your emotions and where they stem from, you can build your empathetic attitude by opening up your mind, new ideas, and decide to move forward with them. And you can do this by engaging conversation with another person, but you let them do most of the talking. Practice your listening skills. Start with a clean slate. No matter who the person is, you won't get to the root of them if you have preconceived notions or judgments about them. We all have our flaws. It's part of our character. <laughs> so anticipate that you don't know the whole story behind the mask of someone else. Green says, from a position of genuine inner strength and resilience, you can more easily direct your attention outward. Next is visceral empathy, used extensively in the art of negotiation. You are very good at picking up on emotions and as a result, allowing others to affect your mood. It's our human nature. Take the physiological feeling and learn from it. Why am I getting swept up here? What are these emotions? Where did they come from? What is the other person's intention here? Be curious, like a child. Like a child's so curious when they've seen something for the first time, they've met someone for the first time. Find that childlike curiosity. Because if you don't know anything about a person, clean slate. You can do this by using your mirror neurons. This takes practice in listening, repeating what a person said with three to five words, and then watching, watch them, watch their facial expressions. It might be a little tweak, it might be a little nod, who knows? But you have to become a good observer. Have you ever been speaking to someone, for instance, and they're talking over your head? You're kind of looking around. They're not really engaged in what you're saying because they're looking to connect with somebody else. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It really does. If that person's really important to you in your life, if it's your child, your significant other, even a business associate, you need to use your mirroring techniques to keep them engaged and to build the rapport. Keep it subtle, a few nods of the head, smile when they do, yes, uh -huh. and repeat understanding. Do not be condescending, and what I mean by that is, so what I hear you saying is, no, no, that's a condescending tone, three to five words, 
let's say, for example, they're telling you about baking. They could be telling you about baking for hours. Every now and then you interject and say, you love to bake? Aha, did you hear that? The little intonation that, that rose? Because it sounded like a question, but it really wasn't a question. You were just confirming what you heard. It works. It really does. You will have brought them back into the conversation, especially if they've been looking over your head elsewhere. What's that? Who's that? Oh, I gotta go. I want to meet someone else. No. Keep them engaged. So, so far we've just discussed two skill components. Um, opening up your mind, starting with a clean slate, and using your mirror neurons to pick up on the feelings and true intentions in a subtle way. The next skill is analytic empathy. If you're truly interested in connecting with others, you will want to know what makes the other person tick? What makes them tick? And by the way, <laughs> if you already know they're a drama queen or they're foolish or they're not worthy of your time, don't waste your time. Not worth it. Not worth it at all. But those who are worth it, take the time to have a conversation and ask open-ended questions. That way you will learn about them and the journey they've been on and why they've formed their unique personality. Because we're all originals, aren't we? You need to understand their values and in doing so, whether those values are similar to your own. What motivates them and do their values align with your own or will there be a conflict? Because once you've opened that conversation, you'll have a better idea. Green says, hmm, take care not to project your own values on others. You are simply looking for what is different from yourself and other people you know. If it turns out they have other values that are just, hmm, you are going to have a conflict, then you know now. You know now, you're no longer going to waste your time. But if they have a really strong connection, same values, the deal's going to turn out good and you'll go far. Practice these empathetic skills and see what works best for you as you make progress. Try it on different people. I know at this time it's a little bit hard for in-person conversations, but in-person is always the best. And go with the flow. Keep an open mindset. Be curious. You can also do this if you're just people watching. You know, sometimes you just sit on a bench and you watch people walk by and play a game with yourself. Say, hmm, what kind of mood are they in? And then test yourself if you're right or wrong. And then understand that this is a guessing game. See if you can improve upon that skill. Practice visceral and analytical empathy. You will find, Green says, a smoother ride through life as you avoid unnecessary conflicts and misunderstandings. That sounds like a nice little world, doesn't it? Begin at the dinner table tonight with your family as you share a meal. That's the best place to practice. Engage with an open-ended question. Be watchful of actions 
and listen intently. Listen more than you talk, especially so you can repeat back three to five words of what was said. People then feel that you're acknowledging their presence. What are the underlying values? Focus on the feeling, the mood, and put yourself in their shoes, their chair, their spot by mirroring them in order to empathize and appreciate them. The deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. William James Thank you for spending your precious time with me today. I'm Diane Planadin, and if you like the show, share it with someone you know as we continue our journey in understanding the laws of human nature. Live an inspired life, and remember this powerful tool that you already possess naturally.